All right, boys, we're back. Uh, week one is in the books. We have our first recap show. Unbelievable. What a great weekend, first of all. We had bet board games. You, the three of us watched a game together last night. We watched the LSU-Florida State game. We'll talk about that. Uh, it was just an amazing weekend. We had a lot of really amazing games, amazing outcomes. We had some upsets, and uh, I, I feel like it would just be a mistake here to not lead off the show with the input from the two CU fans after yeah, the massive buddy. win from Colorado. <laughs> I mean, it it's dominating. every. You turn on ESPN, Fox Sports, whatever, oh, it's all the talk dude. right now. It's dominating the conversation. It's unbelievable hype for CU right now, and I'm happy for, for both of you. Even if I gave out TCU minus 20 and a half, <laughs> I'm actually very happy you about did. it. You gave it on the bet board, and that was the first bet board game of the season. That I'll, uh, yep. Now, we actually ended the week one, one, and one, but we'll get to the others. Look, my takeaway with CU is is similar to what I said last week, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm a fan or I knew this, and that's why I'm saying this, or I knew this was going to happen. My takeaway was we've never seen the turnover in college football that that Coach Prime either implemented or, as he said, you know, a lot of people left. However, it happened. So many new players on the roster. So all of these data people, math people get, you know, and the people who make the lines, bookmakers, they get so uncomfortable when they don't have a starting point. You know, and it's mm. like, well, we have to upgrade CU X amount of points from last year. It's like, why even start from last year? They don't have anyone from last year. Why start there and upgrade? We need to hit the reset button, and that's what no one was ready to do. Now, again, I, I didn't see this coming. I had him plus 20 and a half. I saw him, you know, maybe keeping it close, but I was so impressed. I think the takeaway should be a talented team, probably not arguable they're not in the in the top half of the Pac-12 talent-wise. Very good coaching staff to get these guys together and have them ready to go. And by the way, for this whole top half of the talent in the Pac-12, they were a nine-point underdog against Nebraska next week. They've now moved to a three-point favorite. That's a big move, 12 points in just one week. So the market agrees with me. I mean, look, what do you guys say think in terms of the talent? Because I think... The talent is real. Now, the depth, we'll see. Once they start dealing with some injuries and they got to go deep, I'm not so sure about that. But right now, this starting 22, a couple of these backups, they look like an actual team that can make a bowl game, win potentially set. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but they look a hell of a lot better than we thought they did. What do you guys think about the talent? Do you think the talent is as good kind of as I saw or as I'm, as I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I mean, for, I was, I was extremely impressed with the talent, especially at the skill positions throughout the whole game. Uh, and like the offensive line and defensive line held up now, like, um, where I, where I, I mean, the, I was so like Shadur Sanders, incredible, um, Travis Hunter, incredible. I mean, those guys, those guys are fucking freaks of nature, dude. Travis Hunter is a freak of nature. Every play he was making an impact on both sides of the ball, um, Here's what I'll say. I was most impressed by uh, how they looked as far as like competency and and like being well coached. I think Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator. I mean, like their play calling was so fucking dialed in because there there are like games that you'll watch sometimes where you think like, okay, this is a really good team, but it you know it's solid play calling. They're working, but they're just like the better team or whatever. But there was something about like just watching that Colorado offense where I was like, oh my gosh, like they're destroying TCU with play calling right now. Right. Like they're always they're always calling the right play. The ball is always ending up in the right spot. Um, the okay. talent is is super high. I want yeah, I'm like you. I want to see how it, what the longevity is like with the talent. Um, 
I, you know, I've learned from Utah where so many times, like, don't overreact to one game, right? But, you know, it it has, like, seeing such a massive line movement, and we'll get into some some early lines for next week at the end of the show, but um, it's very enticing for me to think, like, okay, do I want to board the hype train or do I want to take Nebraska plus three? <laughs> well, here's the thing with, with overreacting to one game. I mean – there's times where you want to re- you always want to react appropriately, right? And this calls for a hold on a second, 21 point cuz let's be honest for, for 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 a moment. There have been other 21 point underdogs who have won. Like these the, this has happened before. This isn't the first time in history a 21 point underdog has won outright. Sure. So where do we categorize this? There was another one this? over the weekend. Exactly. So where do we categorize this? Is this an upset? Because generally when you get a 21-point dog, that's not going to be repeated too many times. Here's why I think this is different. If these teams played again, based on the adjustments we've seen, I mean, the, the spread's not 21. The spread's closer to maybe TCU minus 9.5, I'd say. Like, you know, and I know right. CU won the game, so for everyone saying, hold on, CU just won, how would they be that much of an underdog? It's not going to go to CU being a, a favorite because they won one game. So... There would be a huge adjustment, though. So I think this does call for a, for a proper reaction to say, hold on, major adjustment needed in the power rankings and the perception, because I think this is a different this is a different team. This is a different feel. It's never happened before in college football, and they're winning. Well, they won. Let's, let's not, again, go overboard. I'm a fan. I'm a fan, but they won. Undefeated. Ryan's a fan, too. Ryan, yeah, did you, uh, we were talking about the, the excitement. How'd you uh, how'd you sell? Did you run around the the neighborhood naked, pull Will Ferrell? <laughs> well, I kept it to just my house, but um, no, nice. man. I mean, it was <laughs> okay. Travis Fair Hunter, enough. uncommon dude, uncommon athlete. Like hard to, hard to find another guy who had a had a week like he did. Um, Dylan Edwards, true freshman, scoring four times, um, and then <laughs> He's so quick. And then Shadur Sanders breaking the school record, his first game. 500. 510 yards, four touchdowns. Um, I think he was something ridiculous, like 38 of 45 or something like that. Um, and the thing that I really liked about what CU did is you never saw them get rattled on offense, especially. Like Shadur yeah. Sanders wasn't running. Even when he scrambled, he was he was composed and always keeping his eyes downfield. Like making the right throw they needed to have. Like, I don't know. I just thought they played really well. But hold on. I thought Shadur Sanders was from HBCU, and he couldn't play in a Power 5. And <laughs> what about all that lack of experience that uh, Dion couldn't coach? We've never seen it before. Will, weren't you the one leading that charge? Dion can't coach in the Power 5? It's let's, uh, let's hold on at, before at this At no point did I say show. he can't coach in the – Didn't you How call him you, some sir? kind of like a show – a show artist and like a show pony and he's just out there for looks and he's not going to materialize. Didn't you say all that? Stuff? You're, you're putting all those words in my mouth. <laughs> Maybe Such I'm thinking someone else. I had, I had questions. I never, I never was anti. I never said he can't do it. I just said, I need to see it first. Hey, he kept and, receipts and don't think he didn't have Will Chambers college ball tailgate written down on those receipts. He's going to call you out one day. I know it was is. a pretty, it was a pretty annoying post game uh, presser. <laughs> I won't lie. Just, just I, like even, even as a guy who's rooting for him, for him just be calling out every single person in the room, like, do you believe that's now? What it's makes like, him all right, dude. That's what makes him I, him. I, I get it. it. I totally I get love it. The it, pettiness. You guys know based on last week's show how petty I could be with my <laughs> HOA. I was all. It's one hundred. It's one hundred percent him being him. But uh, it's, uh, it's just visually unattractive to me. That. Okay. Last thing before we move on, uh, is the Heisman hype real for either Shadur or uh, Travis Hunter? Absolutely. Is the Heisman hype real at all? Absolutely. I think it's, 
I think it's real for Hunter and maybe not for Shadur. Now, again, I think Shadur is amazing and he might put up Heisman level numbers. But I think if you want to be a quarterback that wins the Heisman, you have to win like 10, 11 games. I'm still not convinced that, that CU can do that. However, with Travis Hunter playing both sides of the ball, something, something about that just tells me if this dude continues to play, you know, get touchdowns on as a, at wide receiver interceptions, lockdown corner, that regardless of record, he could be a finalist. I don't think he can. Again, I don't think CU will get enough wins for either of those guys to actually win it. Yeah, can he be a Heisman finalist if they're if they're seven and five? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I could see him being a finalist in New York, um, even if they're seven five. So yes, cool. Well, yeah, let's go Buffalo. So that was our first bet board game. Should we just cover the bet board games first, or you want to go? How you want to do this? Yeah, why not? Let's lead off now with the uh, the LSU Florida State game, which was an awesome game, by the way. Now look, great game. uh, so this this put us tied on the bet board because our one well, push yeah. one one our, and one over the weekend. <laughs> we, we pushed on the half point that Tyler 14. negotiated. <laughs> very very wise play from the professional better to say, hey, I only wanted if it's fourteen, not fourteen and a half. <laughs> I almost and wanted to apologize. It landed right on fourteen. I wanted to text you and say, well, I'm sorry. I will stop doing that. Don't get do that. <laughs> no no no, that's okay. Look again. I didn't lose. Uh, I didn't win exactly. either. But and that was my um, pitch. That was my pitch to you. But yes. Yeah, so LSU, Florida State. I mean, first of all, so this game came out initially, and I tweeted this out while we, during the game. Follow us on on Twitter X or whatever at CFB underscore Pod. But like that game immediately had like playoff game feel. It it really felt like a college football playoff game, and it's week one, and that's that. I, that's what I loved about this matchup. And like the first couple of quarters. Um, it's super close to me. These teams, like, despite the score, these teams were like very evenly matched and, and they, they looked like mirror images of each other through the first half. And then what happened is Florida state came out in the second half and just, you know, blew the doors off of them. And so I get the bet board victory, but to me, and I, I, this isn't even about the bet board. It's that again, I don't want to jump to conclusions, but especially after just one week at the long season, but Florida state to me, looks like the type of team that can win a national championship. Like yeah, just eye yeah. test, eye test only. They look like what Clemson looked like at their peak. They just remind me of what it looks like visually on the field. They're so talented and they do everything right. The quarterback play, Travis Hunter even had a quarter where he played really poorly. And even still like, you know, just all the talent on that team. I, there's not a lot of teams that I would, uh, that I, that would play them where I would go, Oh yeah. Florida state is going to lose this game. Honestly, that like, I really don't know what that would look like. If Florida State and Georgia played right now, I honestly might be picking Florida State, which sounds no, fucking insane. Well, maybe it. talk about maybe. overreacting. You would huh? be picking. Don't you? Yeah. Don't you want to stop the hyperbole and just maybe see what the no, line it's not would be hyper- I, I, and, and go from it, there? It's an honest. Well, yes, but we're not going to be able to see what this line will be like until January. So I can tell um, you right now what the line would be within two or three points. My line, my okay. lines are always very close. Okay, sure. Yeah, but like even still with Georgia, like we don't like they blew out, you know, um, they blew out their team because they played a nobody. They played what, like Mercer or some shit. And that's who Ole Miss played. Well, we're not going to downgrade Georgia. They're still. No, obviously not. But again, like Georgia, it's a new new quarterback, lots of new faces. There's there's question marks. And you look at a team like Florida State that has continuity, like all this stuff coming back. Um, I don't know. There's something about it that feels special to me. And again, it's only so, it's only week one. I'm not picking them to win the national championship right now. I'm just well. saying. I, I I could I could very much see them winning it all. Okay, so uh, Georgia nine points better right now than Florida, and, and that's that's with a two point upgrade 
for their uh, performance this week, which I think is I'd pretty substantial. I'd take the Knowles plus nine about all LSU. fucking day. Yeah, on a neutral, you take them plus nine. Um, I would probably take, I don't know. This is hyperbole, so we don't, or uh, hypothetic. That's that's my word right. of the day. It's, this is hy- hypothetical, hypothetical bet but, board. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> Cha-ching. Um, should we? No, because yeah, we gotta wait for. Actually, yeah, let's do that. Will let's do a hypothetical. If they do play, give me Georgia. Well, no, no, no. Because no. Florida State's gonna be upgraded by then too. Yeah, for sure. You don't want that. Okay, but but, uh, that, but that's yeah. what it has. And, and that that's assuming again a two point upgrade that would bring Florida to ranked uh, about eighth or so. Interesting. Okay. So the right, here's, right there on, here's my right question there on though. With, uh, sorry, we're, we're we're obviously remote today, which. It's not. I, I I I don't like these shows as much. That would put them right there on par with um, about like USC ish and uh, maybe like like the the Penn State Texas cluster. So I would oh put God. Florida State I think in there. They would, I think they would b- blow the doors off of USC and Penn State. There's Will. There's Will again. Hyperbolic Will coming back. Uh, I don't think that's hyperbole at all. But look, here here's my question because when we were watching the game, you guys came over, we watched it together, which it was fun first of all just to have a bet board game where where we're all watching it together, but like, you know, I remember you saying at one point like, "Hey, this is not the LSU team that we expected." Like, do you feel like that that performance was more a story about Florida State is for real or more like, "Hey, maybe we we should pump the brakes on LSU a little bit or maybe it was a no, poor performance no. like how, how do you interpret this this is where you're overreacting right LSU had the ball on the one twice in the first half and didn't score I mean they could have been up uh, up up three four touchdowns at halftime easily so so we don't need to look at the final score and what happened in two quarters of football and say LSU is a lot worse than we thought Florida State's amazing this is the de- the, the CU game we need to properly react right this game we need to properly react the reaction is LSU maybe maybe a slight downgrade. I mean, I think they went into mm. that game thinking they were going to win. I don't think they're necessarily as bad on the line of scrimmage as they played in the second half. I don't think Florida State's as good. I mean, let's put it this way: that line closed LSU minus one and a half, neutral. You know, if if they played again, it would be very close to a pick'em. Florida State's not coming in minus three. This whole idea of oh, there's the answer, there's the answer. That's that's not even the case. And, and right. just to quickly go over this, there's the answer thing. Same thing with CU-TCU. If Colorado and TCU play again, TCU may win by 20 points. Who knows? Just because we see what happened once doesn't mean, okay, that's the answer. That's what a lot of fans want to do. There we go. They played the game. We've answered all our questions. No, we don't. We saw a great game play out, and that's how that one went. But I'm not ready to now say, oh, Florida State. What happens a week ago? I don't think you would have been nearly as confident saying that about Florida State against Texas and USC and these other teams, but now you're just like, oh, easy. I think that's a little bit overdoing it. Did they look good? Yes. Did Mike Norvell answer a lot of questions week one in the coaching matchup? Absolutely. But I'm not ready to go that far yet. Yeah. And I mean, last year LSU beat or LSU lost again and, and, and improved greatly throughout the year. So you're right. It's not like they're just out of it. But um, I did walk away thinking, okay, like, this Florida State team even looks – I mean, Keon Coleman, the transfer from Michigan State, had three touchdowns. Like, that's a huge addition. Like, um, that, that team is just talented at every single uh, at every single position. And so, um, I think that they're going to be a playoff uh, contender. I, in fact, I will go ahead and go out on a limb and say Florida State's going to be in the playoff. I think they win the ACC. I think okay. they'll be better than okay. Clemson. Okay, well, that's a huge limb. Their over-under was 10. They just beat LSU. Whew, quite a limb there, Will. Hope you're <laughs> safe out there. Hey, you um, took the uh, the under on that one. Don't forget, we have a bet yeah, board. Yeah, I'm still okay with that. We still have 11 games to go. <laughs> uh, I'm totally fine with that. All right, I looked up the definition of hyperbolic, Will. 
uh, uh, relating to or marked by language that exaggerates or overstates the truth. So I think when you go, oh, give me, give me, I'm on the, I think it's a little hyperbolic. Maybe. Is that a good impression maybe. of you? I've been doing more. Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, okay, well, now we'll go back to chronological order. So we had Thursday yes. night. Yes. Utah takes care of business against Florida, even without Cam Rising. Super impressed by by Utah again. Like that that was part of uh, at least my breakdown going into that game. Is like, hey, even though Cam Rising is out, here are the reasons why I still think Utah is better. And you know they really handled Florida pretty easily. And I, to be honest, again, I think that we're going to be looking at Billy Napier being on the hot seat here very yeah, shortly. Yeah, you called it, Will. Kyle Whittingham is such a nightmare for sports bettors, and other oh, coaches yeah. should take note because. He doesn't put any information out there, and nothing leaks out there unless they want it out there. They came out and ran a whole system no one was expecting. They looked very good up and down. I mean, 11 points, eight of which coming late in the fourth quarter. I think Utah looked as good as we had discussed maybe preseason. I know a lot of people didn't necessarily agree with me having them borderline top 10. I think they were just outside the top 10, but this is a real team. And as long as they can stay healthy, get Cam back, get Brant Keithy back, the tight end, we're looking at a, at a potential playoff contender here in the uh, Pac-12. Yeah, three-peat in the Pac-12 potentially. Ooh. Big time. Um, all right, Nebraska at Minnesota. Nebraska, man, <laughs> this game was brutal for Nebraska fans. I feel for you because um, – I do not. First f- – yeah, <laughs> my, my first impression uh, th- through, like, let's say three-quarters of this game was, oh, Matt Rule is legit. And I remember we were all texting about it, like, hey – I think Nebraska may have found a legit coach, and I still think that. However, they still can't avoid this Nebraska curse that's been the last, like, seven years, which is they never win one-score games. They have the worst record of one-score games. They're up 10-3. They get a, a fumble. Uh, uh, Minnesota scores a touchdown, and they get the ball back and kick a field goal to win late. Minnesota wins in a one-score game. Brutal, brutal way for Nebraska to lose. Even still, though, I think – that Matt Rule is is legit. I don't think th- I, I I don't think this is quite the Scott Frost situation where Scott Frost just was always finding ways to lose. Um, I was pretty impressed with Nebraska's defense. I can't wait for this matchup against Colorado coming up on Saturday. But um, what takeaways did you guys have for for the Huskers? Yeah, so I I don't really share the same optimism offensively for Nebraska. I think Matt Rule is a terrific coach. I think they're going to be headed in the right direction very quickly in in the Big Ten. But, I mean, I see a very, very one-dimensional offense. Jeff Sims only threw the ball 19 times, 11-19 for a touchdown and three picks. That doesn't give me a lot of confidence. But he also led the team in rushing, 19 carries for 91 yards. That's not sustainable, I don't think. I mean, when, when you're so reliant on that one quarterback, that one player, now we've seen teams do it before, but is that going to be the recipe this year for Matt Rule in Nebraska? I'm not so sure. It looked like they didn't have much of a, a plan B in the fourth quarter when, when things were on the line. So I have question marks with the versatility of this offense. I mean, you look at the receivers, 11 total catches. No one had more than three. They, they spread it out pretty well, but I didn't see the dynamic offense that – it's going to take to win games in the Big Ten. So I wasn't super impressed offensively, defensively, obviously. I mean, look, that's that's you know probably what you're going to say in a 13-10 game anyway. But Minnesota's good. I mean, they don't get enough. They're consistent. They're good. Yeah, they're I, a I tough think team. as long as PJ Fleck can you know continues to, to coach there, they're going to be a, a, a habitual nine-win team. I think they're right there every year around eight, nine, ten potentially. I think this is a good, well-coached team. So for Nebraska to do that. It shows. They're also well-coached, good defense, but uh, can they win these low-scoring games? That's a question. 
Yeah, and I, another point I made on Twitter is like Jeff Sims is just the third Martinez brother. Like he's <laughs> he's Taylor and Adrian's little brother. Like I I, I started calling him Jeff Martinez on Twitter because he just is the more of what they've had you know for a while now, which is like serviceable, good with his legs, but maybe not super talented with his arm and. And, uh, and, you know, is going to win you and lose you a couple games with his flashy play, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what he does. But uh, any relation to Phil Sims or Chris Sims? I, I don't think so. <laughs> um, but but <laughs> probably not a real relation to the Martinez brothers either, by the way. Um, ah, okay. All right. Georgia takes care of business, blows out UT Martin. Woo-hoo! Not a lot, not a lot to talk about there. Same with uh, Alabama. Jalen Milroe looks pretty serviceable. We'll see what it looks like pretty next week against Texas, five though. Five touchdowns look pretty serviceable. Oof. I mean, it, it's Middle Tennessee again. Like, let's not let's not <laughs> well, overreact. Let's, not let's see what he looks like against Texas. Give the guy some credit here. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. He looked great. He looked fantastic. Um, but again, like, uh, I I, I want to see this dude have to like you know throw the ball forty times to win a game. Uh, th- that's all I'm saying. Um, Michigan takes care of ECU. Same idea. Now, one little quick note on Ohio State, Indiana. That was a loser I gave out. Ohio State did not cover. I don't want to overreact because, again, I, if you actually look back to, um, I think it was C.J. Stroud's first game with Ryan Day. They were on the road, I think, at Minnesota, and he didn't play very well. And a lot of people, including me, were like, ooh, maybe some issues there. Um, very similar look here with uh, with Kyle McCord. And we had a little bit of, of, uh, of Dylan... Um, Oh Christ! Who's the who's the backup quarterback for Ohio State? Dylan uh, Brown um, or Devin Brown? But um, Kyle McCord didn't look that great. Ohio State didn't look that great. They had a lot of opportunities to score and couldn't get the job done. The play calling was a little bit iffy. Again, they go on the road and they win in a conference game week one by twenty points. So it, I don't want to like uh, do anything crazy here about like Ohio State sucks. However, I'm thinking about implementing a new grading scale for teams in general. So I want your guys' input on this. Okay. This would be a three-team scale. And again, part of our show is always to, um, we want to increase the younger audience. So I'm going <laughs> to use some vocabulary here that some of the, the, the boomers might not be familiar with. But I'm thinking about setting up tiers for teams and their grading score is either uh, it's mid, it's ass, or it's gas, right? So again, <laughs> ga- so gas I, would be I, I good. I uh, love it. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I can. We can put those together. Mid is obviously the middle. Ass is bad. Right. Gas is are yeah. Those but mid is not good that... either. It's not ass, but mid is just like ugh. This is not great. And oh, so again, really? but it's not just mm. all all teams are, are in this one thing. It also has to do with like I'm putting Ohio State in the mid category. And it's not because they're a mid team across college football, but based off of what we expect out of Ohio State, that performance was very mid. It was not gas. It wasn't ass. But I think it was mid. So, again, this is how I think I'm going to grade teams going forward. And I'm wondering if maybe you can incorporate this into some of your spreadsheets and your yes. math, Tyler. Yes, I will do that. Let's just do the the first third of the teams will be <laughs> gas. The mids will That's be right. the middle third. Yeah. Um, You're giving me an ass team uh, at home taking 18 points against a, a very mid team, Tyler? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, no cap, no cap, no cap. Um, <laughs> Uh, did I use that one right? No bussin'. No bussin'. Well, no. All cap okay, and no actually, it's getting worse. Um, Penn State, James Franklin fucked me on the cover, and I'll never <laughs> forgive him for this one. This was such a bad beat. If you were on West Virginia, I mean, if you're on Penn State, you're jumping for joy that he, you know, was calling aggressive play calls with literally five seconds left up two scores when he could have kneeled it out. 
But uh, if you were on West Virginia, this was such a bad beat. And uh, and Frames Janklin does it again, and I, I'll never forgive he him for it. Us Five all, seconds Will. left. He screwed us all. Well, so uh, brutal. Is that going to affect your betting on him in the future? Is he now on your list? Well, he's done this before. <laughs> he's taken late field goals and stuff. He's called timeouts against teams that are kicking field goals when they're up like 20 points and stuff to ice the kicker. Like, the, I've already known this about James Franklin, but yes, it honestly might. Um, I, you know, I felt like, uh, first of all, Drew Aller, like his, I think his first uh, throw, he had like a massive touchdown throw. The Drew Aller hype. Seems pretty legit. That kick can play. He's got well, a huge arm. Well, I mean, they wanted the points. Maybe he had some money on it against the spread. All these coaches have been betting on games oh, lately. for sure. Maybe James Franklin just had a little I, bit of betting cash on I it. I agree. I think we need to have a, an entire NCAA investigation into seeing <laughs> if James Franklin was betting on this game. You know what he needs? James Franklin needs to take one of the emotional skills classes that you can take at Skillshare. They seriously have emotional skills classes. They have everything. Photography, cooking, which Fryan Ryan doesn't need that. Check out his recipe every week but they have all kinds of classes so if you want to learn anything really yourself improve your own skills learn a new craft a new hobby check out skillshare.com put in promo code tailgate for up to 30 percent off your first year and that's how it works you get a year subscription you can go to all different kinds of classes have access to all different kinds of things it's a really neat tool so skillshare.com promo code tailgate yeah, I think he needs to take a, a Skillshare class on sportsmanship because if yes. I was the West Virginia coach, if I was Neil Brown, I would not have been very happy with the fact that he was going for a touchdown with literally the, the clock ticking with five seconds left when he could have just not called a play to score a touchdown late and get his booster some money. Look, may, maybe um, he just wants that, to, one, that one hurt me. Maybe he just, maybe he just wants to be in the, like, he, he wants to start being talked about in the powerhouse category, right? So he wants to run it up. Every chance they get, they're just going to start scoring. A lot of people yeah, are they should have scored, to win should have the scored earlier, not with five seconds left. Very not classy move. Uh, let's move on, Will. Take a deep breath. Let's move on. Um, all right. Uh, Tennessee, West Virginia. I thought Joe Milton looked pretty good. Um, he didn't look like maybe, you know, perfect at times. And uh, But, again, I think that if Joe Milton can continue to play like this, Tennessee is going to be a, a, an absolute, you know, uh, like – He's going to be a beast. And actually, Heisman contending quarterback with how many, what the kind of stats he's going to put up. And I think Tennessee's going to be a pretty dangerous team. I think he looked I think he looked great. I mean, 21 to 30, maybe like a slightly higher percentage. I don't know. I thought he tried a lot of tough passes. He threw it downfield. Uh, two touchdowns, no picks. Uh, they protected the ball well. You know, they ran it for five touchdowns, 52 carries for 287 yards. That was the game plan. Yep. So I think that Milton did everything that he really could have. Tennessee... Looking good. I mean, you know, Heupel is is a really good coach. He's sort of that oh, undervalued, yeah. floating around. He's always going to, I think, be in the conversation. Does he look like Bobby Hill? Of course he looks like Bobby Hill, but that just adds <laughs> to his... He does look like growing up Bobby Hill. <laughs> that just adds to how to, to how good he is. I mean, for, for someone who looks like that to get all the recruits he does, that, that, that even makes him better, right? We can even put him maybe a level higher. Ouch. Yeah, I, 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 I told it. That's my... Uh, uh, how about the... Uh, the Duke's Mayo Classic, the North Carolina South Carolina Ugh. game, which was a uh, a bet we both gave out. The Tar Heels take care of business. I was really impressed with the Tar Heels defense. I mean, they were getting after Rattler. They got had multiple sacks. Uh, the secondary w- was doing their job and holding up against you know what it really is a dangerous offense for South Carolina. How high is the ceiling for the Tar Heels this year, Tyler? Like, mm. did you upgrade them? Like, where where do you see them? Are they third in the ACC in your rankings behind what I assume would be so, Clemson and Florida State? 
So I go through a two-tier uh, upgrade, downgrade system. The first thing I do is go through From myself. mid to gas? Yeah, from mid to gas, exactly. No, I uh, I go through myself and do like my own evaluations, what I think, and then it all gets run through the computer. So a lot of times I get humbled in my initial opinion, which is kind of a good thing for me to do. I have a little checks and balance system. In the ACC right now, I have uh, yeah, UNC third behind Clemson and Florida State. But you got to keep in mind that Florida State had a bit of an upgrade too, right? So for North Carolina, they're still going to be right there in that third overall spot. But I, I personally say a point and a half. And that's all defensive. They didn't really show us anything we didn't expect offensive. They finished last year 18th overall in the country in efficiency offensively. The whole question was, can they change a few things and stop anybody this year? So I was, I was if you're a UNC fan moving forward, you're, you're pleased. They came out. You know, the first week against a very well-coached team and did everything they needed to defensively to, to win that game. But I think point and a half right now is adequate for a defensive upgrade. Now, in terms of winning the conference, what's their ceiling? I mean, I'm probably not going to put – I think third is probably the ceiling right now in the conference. I'm not willing to say they can compete with Florida State, Clemson. And we're going to see tonight what Clemson looks like. I'm really excited yep. for that game. But I think third's probably the, the ceiling in the ACC. So return to the MAC is on officially. Return to the MAC. So how about a couple of these? Uh, you mentioned like being just. I heard you say uh, talking about UNC's defense being able to stop somebody. Right. Some of these blowout victories in Week One were absurd. Oregon beat Portland State eighty-one to seven, eighty-one <laughs> points. And I know it's Portland State, but good God, uh, Oklahoma beat Arkansas State seventy-three to nothing. Ole Miss beat Mercer seventy-three to seven. These are th- those are some what's, brutal what, victories. What's the commonality in all those things you just named? Coaches who have a bit of a chip, a bit of a point to prove. They yep. all, you know, like Dan Lanning, Chip, uh, or uh, 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 Lane Kiffin. Brett Venables, the, dude, the, blowing the and going. Named? The Brett Venables, uh, Oklahoma, oh my Brett God. Venables. You talk about a point to prove and hearing it nonstop from the, can you imagine what his offseason was like <laughs> hearing it from the OU boosters? Oh, my God. Probably wanted to blow his <laughs> by, by time week one came around, he's just like, we are not going to stop scoring. So, yeah, yep. we'll see if that continues when they don't get, you know, PB and J Tech. Same thing with Auburn. They blow out UMass 59 to 14. Hugh Freeze era has begun uh, in Auburn. And I got to say, I was telling you guys last night, um, they play, I think, at Cal next week and are only like a five point favorite. Um, I think I'm going to be, I, that just something tells me, and again, I'm not calling this as a shot. Something tells me that Auburn is going to be a betting favorite for me this year because I think that they're the type of team, just like you mentioned, that is going to be just throwing bombs late regardless of the spread. I think Hugh Freeze just has a very aggressive system, and so I think they're going to be scoring a lot of points on people that any team that, that they are evenly or better than, they're going to just light them the fuck up. That's my, that's my opinion. Okay, so I have some names uh, for, to upgrade for, from Hugh Freeze. So either Hugh Squeeze, because <laughs> he puts a squeeze on him, right? Or like Hugh Heath or something like that. Like we what need to work just, on that one. Isn't it Doctor Freeze from the old Batman with Arnold? Okay, I mean I, everybody I don't know the chill out, and he sprays him with ice. You sounds know, like, yeah, that sounds like a uh, that's a very good Arnold impression. Um, so what's Doctor Freeze? Is his name? I th- I think it's Doctor Freeze. I don't think it's Mister Freeze. Hang and on, this is I'm, a gonna, Marvel I'm gonna give this thing? quick Google. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's from he's from Batman. Uh, so DC Universe. Hmm. Um, D- oh DC. Well, what, if there's one thing I know, will. DC and Marvel are not the yeah, same. Yeah, it's Doctor Freeze universe. So, Dr. by the Freeze. way, one of the he's got one his of PhD the, uh, in, or maybe in, it's no, oh, it's Mister Freeze. Sorry, I was wrong. I typed it. It is Mister Freeze. School, dude. So, <laughs> no, no, he did not. He <laughs> does not have a degree. But, uh, still, very cool. Frozone. 
Frozone. Frozone. Okay. Ooh. You entered the Frozone. I mean, it's a good thing. Uh, not not we'll, bad. We'll put it in I hat. <laughs> I still like like Hugh, Hugh Squeeze. <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to work on getting a, a nice Photoshop of Mr. Freeze from Batman with Hugh Freeze's face Love on it. it. So that's yeah. gonna be my. Maybe we do have to go that because actually, now that I think about it, Hugh Squeeze. I'm not. I don't like to squeeze things. I think it's weird and gross. So like. <laughs> ketchup or mustard i never squeeze anything to eat it so i'm not a big squeeze guy that is a very weird i don't even know what that means really you don't squeeze things to eat it no i don't squeeze at all it's interesting he's not a squeezer he's not good at hugs unbelievable uh baylor bad (laughs) things are bad in waco dave aranda dave aranda loses at home to texas state as 20 point favorites they lose by by 11 points to texas state by the way texas state uh, I didn't know this because it's impossible to track all the transfer players right now, but TJ Finley is their quarterback, the guy who transferred from Florida. Mm-hmm. And so um, he was also at Auburn, I believe. Uh, I think he went Auburn to Florida or, or one or the other uh, before he ended up at Texas State. Had like three touchdowns. Not a great start for Dave Aranda. Uh, to me, they were a team where it was like going into the season. I was like, hey, they could be dangerous. We all know that Dave Aranda is a great coach. They'll probably win some games. They're not supposed to also, but that's, that's a pretty rough one right out of the gate. Yeah, it's rough because the opponent is one of the worst teams coming into the year in, in, in college football. And that's not just my rankings, that's the market rankings. You see, the, the more we progress through the season, what's cool is, yeah, I have my rankings and I think they're really legitimately accurate, but we can also see what the market says by backtracking and and, uh, and working backwards and say, okay, what were they against them? Okay, well, if Baylor was 21 at home against Texas State, that means the market has them about 18 points better. So we can start to fill in these gaps as these games start to close Texas State was ranked in the market around 120 to 125 last week. So, I mean, even with a seven-point upgrade, we're talking about a team that's still around 100 in the nation. This was not a good game for Dave Rand and not a good game for Baylor. If they have these expectations in this ever-changing landscape of the Big 12 to remain atop as one of the competitive teams, they're not doing the right things, in my opinion, to, to stay there. So, for the first time, you know, I start to kind of question Aranda. I always kind of put him in that trustworthy zone and i'm not i'm not going to overreact one game but he's on sort of notice right now for can he get it done as a favorite as an underdog and i don't have the numbers in front of me but i'm 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 relatively certain as an underdog he's been great in his career it's these games he's favored seven ten however many points where he, he he lacks the uh the the team to do their job yeah agreed another big upset um texas tech another big 12 team they go on the road at wyoming in, oh, in uh ryan's in Laramie. A big 12 uh a pick to win it dude they were well uh they were my ryan, sleeper team can't. too yep. but that at wyoming yeah, has, is always yeah, a trap like game <laughs> we we've all we've all seen teams sec teams even go at wyoming and lose in that early that is a very much a trap game it's high altitude in laramie they had a 17-point lead. They gave it all up. They lose in double overtime. That's a rough, a, a super rough loss for, for Joey McGuire. Again, I think you know the Big 12 is very much still in play, but that's a wake-up call for, for Texas Tech. And, and no, they won't be my, my pick to win at all at this point. I still think they'll be a very dangerous team, but that's a rough one right out of the shoot. Yeah, not not a good look. I mean, but on the road, Wyoming, it's just like sneaky, kind of tough place to play. And and whenever oh, yeah. we, it's funny when we talk about home field advantage, everyone always just goes, okay, how many how many seats in the stadium? How loud does it get? But there's so many more things. You know, it's it's the travel. It's not being in your own environment. It's it's the conditions. You don't have ev- all the resources that you have at home. And there's so many things that go into being at home rather than just like a loud crowd. And obviously that matters too. But, you know, Wyoming's also a bit of an altitude trip. 
it's a, oh, yeah. it's way different quite a bit it's higher so, than denver and, and uh uh craig their coach wyoming's coach right he, yeah he, i forgot his he, name too he's been there for forever God, he's like a he's like just, yeah but he's got a he's got a system there and it, and it works and they're happy with it and so again like that's a dangerous setting whenever you go to a program where a guy has been craig there for Bull. so long because that that guy knows what the fuck he's doing craig Bull. yeah, yes. yeah craig Bull. he he's one of these coaches Kind of like I, I, you know, I, I was just mentioning Dave Aranda used to sort of maybe be in that group where they're just always going to get the job done. They're never going to consistently win 10 games, but you trust them to always show up. Just like Mike Gundy's teams. I was hearing, who was it? It was Matt Rule. Matt Rule was asked in an interview last week, I'm going to get on a tangent here, who he thinks the most underrated coach of college football was, and he said Mike Gundy. He goes, if you look at the way he, he performs week-to-week basis, he's in every game he shouldn't be in. You know how many coaches have said, oh, yeah, we've got Oklahoma State in X, Y, and Z, and you go in, and for some reason you can't execute because Oklahoma State's so well coached. That was Matt Rule's response. But anyway, I had to throw that out there, but, uh, yeah. Well, last game I want to touch on here, and we touched on it a little bit uh, earlier, of course, talking about the bet board, but Coastal technically covers – I mean, they do cover the spread, not the bet board spread. They cover the 14-and-a-half. That's a, a winning pick I gave out, but – um, what was interesting to me is that my breakdown was like, hey, Dante Moore's going to start. They didn't start him, but guess what? The second that dude came in and made a few throws, it's pretty obvious who the starter is going to be going forward. I still think they might have some split reps with Garbers, but Dante Moore, as a true freshman, that dude has a, a ton of talent and potential. He looked really good. He definitely looked, you know, raw and young and all those things that you'd expect out of a true freshman quarterback. Um, but they get the job done at home. UCLA wins. And I think Dante Moore is going to be a force in the Pac-12 or, or Big Ten moving forward um, over the next couple of years. That guy's legit. Yeah, it was it was cool to see the the talent. I mean, he's young, five star, first five star recruit, I believe they said uh, under Chip Kelly. Maybe the first five star quarterback. Um, but either way, he looked really good. the The stands were typical UCLA, not that full. They have the Jordan thing stretched out over a quarter of the stadium. I, want, I was <laughs> right. thinking, I'm like, why would a five-star quarterback, you know, maybe it's the UCLA thing, maybe it's, but I'm sure he had a lot of options. I just don't get it. But either way, it was a big game. I, I'm so happy that you gave me the half point, Will. Thank you so much. Uh, I owe you <laughs> one for that. You're welcome. You know what? You deserved it. After all those struggles you've had on the bet board, you really needed that one. So, um, All right, here's what we're, here's what we're gonna Wait, going to do now. What about incarnate, what about incarnate word UTEP? Yeah, you know, look, uh, I, I for all the hype I had for Incarnate Word, um, I was pretty. I thought it was a pretty mid performance. I won't lie. So okay, um, and then one one more thing before we get out of here, I have a new nickname for Sonny Dykes um, because obviously CU played TCU last careful. week. Careful, a lot of uh, a lot of close ups on Sonny Dykes. I'm just going to call him the Chinless Wonder. I see. I don't think he is chinless. I think that what's happening is mm. in his age, he's he's. He's picked up some neck fat that's hiding some of the chin, which I can relate neck, to, well, unfortunately. I think, I think he's got from, some turkey neck going on. I, think I still he goes think, by the way, from lip to to lip to upper torso. Whenever <laughs> next week or, or Wednesday when we break down the the uh, the CU Nebraska game, I think a big factor going into that is that we don't really know how good TCU is or what TCU is uh, like, like point. this year. Hundred percent. Yeah, so but we knew it could what be their the... defense was. We know what their defense largely is. A lot of people back there. The one thing we heard about TCU from the coaching staff is, man, in this second year in this three three five system, these players right. are comfortable there. So yeah. we know what the defense was, and see, you put up forty five points. We don't know what the offense is, and they put up forty two points. So that's the question. 
All right, so what it we're going to do now on Sunday shows, uh, once we're done recapping the stuff, I'm going to give you some early lines, but what we're going to do is I'm going to call the game first, and then Tower's going to give us what his projected line would be based off his power ratings and see how that compares to the current early lines. Now, we're not going to be doing full full breakdowns. Obviously, we'll save that for Wednesday, but you ready to do this, Tower? You got your rankings ready? ready? Boom, we're okay. ready. How about uh, Utah at Baylor? Baylor coming off that very disappointing loss. Utah, big win. They go on the road to Waco. Where do you see this game? What's your line? Let's see here. All right, so we got Baylor with a point and a half downgrade from last week. We got Utah. Wow, we got Utah 10, 10 and a half points better on a neutral. Wow. So okay, where's so the game being played at Baylor? At Baylor, yep. Yeah, so let's give them right now top of my head. We can give them three and a half, the, the, the heat, the travel. Uh, Utah going from their comfortable altitude. Um, now we saw Colorado do it last week; didn't have much of a problem. But I think we we can three and a half. So let's go. Uh, let's go six and a half to seven. It is currently a seven point spread. Open six. Wow. It's now moved to seven. So yeah. uh, right right where uh, Tyler sees it. That's interesting. How about this one? Let's see. We've got um, Texas A and M going on the road at Miami. By the way, Texas A Texas A and M had a blowout win. Uh, quarterback play looked very good under the new offense with um, what's his face, the former Arkansas coach. Why, why, um, help me out, Smitty. They got neck brace. Bobby Petrino, thank you. Um, on the road at Miami. Miami also looked pretty good, blew out the, the other Miami. They took the title for the real Miami <laughs> in a big victory. So A&M at Miami. This might be a neutral site, actually. A&M I'm not sure. But Miami? I, yeah, well, I, let's, let's figure out if it's neutral I gotta, real quick. I got to figure this out. Hang on. Okay, um, so I can just talk through this. We got A&M right now, 14th in the country in that range, about about six points better. Let's see. So, yeah, yeah, we're going to go about six to six and a half points better. So if it's on a neutral, I would have A&M around six and a half. If it's if it's at uh, Miami, is that is that where he said, Ryan? Yeah, potentially. We're I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, yeah, Hard Rock Stadium at Miami. Yes. Yeah. So let let's go. Let's go. A and M minus three and a half. Current line is four. So there you go. Again, uh, your rating system is is pretty good so far. Um, all right. Let's look at some of these bigger ones. Hang on. I'm scrolling through this uh, rotation thing. It's harder to find. Well, this and, and way, here's the so. thing with my rating system. I, I don't necessarily consider it good because it's close. I mean, this is a validating thing to do, and and this is what happens every week. Most of my lines are right on, but the ones where I disagree with, that's where I make my bets. So, you know, if I'm wrong or if I'm off, I don't see it as wrong. I see it as an opportunity to, to get value and make a bet. Yeah, sure. Um, okay. How about this? Uh, Oregon after that blowout win on the road at Texas Tech. Very similar to, to that Utah-Baylor matchup. Texas Tech coming off this pointing loss. Now they get a, a powerhouse in Oregon at home. Where do you see this spread? Ooh, Texas Tech's the big question mark. They could go all over the place here. So let's see, Oregon. Let's see. So Oregon, I've got about... God, all these games are kind of in the same range-ish on the neutral. But with Texas Tech's downgrade, that's the thing. We got we to gotta take that into account. So I've got... Let's see. It's tech. So I got Oregon about. Wow, I've got, I've got Oregon about eight points better now. So where's this game being played? At Texas Tech. At Texas Tech. Pretty let's sure. Go let me Oregon. let me just double check. Let's go Oregon. 
I don't know if the market's going to react like that to week one. Let's go Oregon minus five and a half. That may be low. Five and a half to six, let's say, Oregon. I was gonna say so, <clears throat> yeah, it's at Texas Tech. Uh, current bet, current spread is seven. Ducks minus seven on Ducks the road. Minus seven. So look, that's a big. If I have five and a half to sit, and again, the math needs to be on the computer. We'll listen up to to next week's show, uh, coming out Wednesday night to see what the what my final rankings would have this at. But right now, top of my head, five and a half to six. If that's what the computer agrees with, and it's seven. That plus seven at home may be a, 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 a something I'm looking at. So going red raiders, huh? Well, we'll see. Interesting. Okay. Um, how about last one? I, I, you probably already know the line of this one because it's so big. But Texas at Alabama, of course, the biggest matchup for week two. Let's see. I do not know this. I know what it was. Several wasn't it like a touchdown several months ago around there? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. So currently, Texas, Bama. I've got Bama. Yeah, about four points better than Texas. Uh, maybe four and a half. And it's being played at Alabama? At Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give, I'm going to say Alabama should be seven and a half, potentially eight. Line's currently seven. So, again, yeah, right it, right so on the money. Alabama at seven, without it going to seven and a half, I'll tell you right now, that'll that'll likely be a bet board game for me next week. Alabama might Interesting. Seven. Okay. Yeah, I can't wait for that matchup. It's going to be so exciting. Again, like uh, knowing how they played last year uh, in, in Austin and, and seeing how Texas came out to kind of a slow start against Rice, ultimately didn't cover, but, you know, still had a big victory on Saturday. So um, that's, good. that's the marquee game for next weekend. And, again, like it just going to be huge. So. Massive implications for college football. Some uh, big any other implications, notes? Will. There you go. Any, any other notes you guys wanted to touch on before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think we pretty much uh, we covered it. Ryan, you got anything? No. Just, uh, it's great to be back, fellas. Great to be back. So good. So great to be back. All right. Follow us on Twitter at CFB underscore pod. Check out our Patreon. Uh, Patreon. Uh, Tyler, what's the link to the Patreon? Patreon slash college football tailgate. Only five bucks a month. Perfect. Yep. And again, if you want to support the show, the best way you can do it is to help us out there. Use the promo codes we give out with Skillshare, BetUS, all that stuff. So uh, we'll be back Wednesday to uh, to break down game two picks. Can't wait. We'll see you then.